0: Welcome to NetHone's Darknet Summary. NetHone is a fintech company that fights online transaction fraud using its proprietary software solution. In order to keep clients safe, we keep track of what's happening in the Darknet, the sometimes murky underbelly of the web, where fraudsters exchange the tools and knowledge to plan their criminal activities. That's why we've created this podcast to share with you what our experts have found during their investigations. In the latest Darknet summary, we look back at 2021, the year when payment card fraud dominated the dark web, aided by the rise in e-commerce during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The growth of online shopping has allowed fraudsters to use tactics that take advantage of vulnerabilities in e-commerce platforms, allowing them to skim consumer credit card details which are then sold online. We will pay particular focus to American cybercrime agency Gemini Advisory's newly released annual report. In it, their analysts highlight that the levels of card present records offered for sale on the dark web have continued to decline, whereas the availability of card not present records continues to grow. Here to explain more is NetOne's intelligence specialist, Michal Barbash.
1: It has become evident that in the last two years, fraudsters have focused more of their attention on gaining credit card details. 2021 saw a continuation of an emerging trend, helped by the spread of the pandemic, forcing brick-and-mortar shops to close and commerce to move online, with consumers following suit. For example, in 2020 on the dark web, there were over 70 million stolen credit cards for in-store fraud, dropping by 49% to only 36 billion in 2021. These cards were physical credit cards without EMV chips, and they were usually stolen from compromised ATM or points of sale terminals. In the dark web, they are sold as pieces of information that have to be recorded on plastic cards and then have to be used physically, in the shop or in the ATM. However, there were 40 million card not present records for sale in 2020, which then shot up to 60 million in 2021. Such stolen cards can be used for online purchases, so using them is easier for fraudsters. The preference to focus cybercrime efforts online is evident.
0: So it seems there is never a clear preference for cybercriminals to obtain card-not-present records, as they're easier to obtain in a digital realm. Michal, can you tell us about any specific types of fraud that have been associated with
1: obtaining these records? Magecart attacks rose sharply in 2020-21, which is the type of attacks where the main target is the Magento e-commerce platform, which we have highlighted on many occasions is vulnerable to attacks if merchants do not apply security patch updates. Malicious actors particularly like to target small-to-medium-sized merchants that often lack the security resources of larger companies and may not patch security updates in good time, or at all. One particular vulnerability that is exploited is the Google Tag Manager script, which provides a web-based interface to create and manage containers, which in turn provides a perfect malware delivery system. This technique capitalizes on the ability to place JavaScript within the GTM container. Two variants that abuse GTM containers have been observed. One that embeds malicious e script in the container and another that uses the container to download e script from a separate dual-use domain. This tactic has become increasingly popular and is concerning as fraudsters are able to hide malicious scripts on legitimate and trusted sites. Once records are obtained, they are sold on dark web marketplaces. A typical fraudster buyer needs to ensure the card's validity, as there is never a guarantee the details are legitimate. So they must use card checkers. One of the best known was the former Try to Check tool on Joker's Stash, once the largest dark web marketplace for stolen cards. Try to Check would calculate a validity rate, based on the number of successful test transactions it could process. Alternative verification methods include donating small amounts of money to non-profit organizations or to take advantage of the card authorization process which bills an account for zero dollars. If both are processed, the card details are therefore valid. The main reason for the success of this method is due to the discretion afforded to those making charitable donations. Often, minimal billing information is required and no account setup.
0: These are interesting developments from 2021. Are there any particular trends we should be aware of in 2022?
1: As ever, fraudsters are always trying to refine tried and tested techniques or seek out new ones. So far, there have been many discussions in dark web forums on how to get around 3DS security protocols. Social engineering techniques and phishing or scam pages remain a popular choice, which can include tricking the victim into revealing their passwords by leveraging already exposed personally identifiable information and impersonating a bank representative, often with the help of spoofed phone numbers. Malware and technical attacks, however, are not as effective against 3DS version 2.0, which has still not been implemented universally.
0: Thank you, Mihao. Drumming the message home, one of the key tactics to limit the impact of fraud is to keep all systems up to date, and those using 3DS 1.0 security protocols should definitely consider upgrading to version 2.0. That's the end of the Darknet Summary. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and tune in next month for the latest episode of the Darknet Summary. Our blog at nethone.com also contains a wealth of expert analysis on the dark web and anti-fraud issues in general. So feel free to check us out. If you wish to contact us regarding anything you've listened to or have general suggestions for us, we'd be delighted to hear from you. Send us an email to contact at nethorn.com.